0: Hey, guys. I want to talk with you about a very special local event, the return of the Hip Hop Showcase, hosted by Lolo Savage and Dirt Nasty Beats. If you're in the Des Moines area and are hungry for some local up-and-coming hip-hop and rap music, this is the number one spot in the city to come see it. This is even also being hosted by none other than our friends at Starbucks Productions, along with our friend Jackson Brown at Iowa Underground. It's only a $10 entry fee, and it's happening at Your Private Bar, located at 1701 25th Street in West Des Moines, Iowa. That's 1701 25th Street. It's going to be a fun time. You'll get a chance to meet several former podcast guests. You may even see yours truly. Some around the crowd, four IPAs deep, dancing along with everyone else. It's going to be a blast. Check out Iowa Hip Hop Showcase's Facebook page for more information. Last thing before today's episode, I want to give our guest, Rotten Yellow, and his business a shout out. If you want detailed and carefully done artwork for a logo or other kind of commission, Rotten Yellow is the man. I can say from personal experience, paying that extra penny to have someone put care into ideas idea is worth it. And not just going through some site like Fiverr or some kid that just does it for $20 on Photoshop. No, you want to get someone who actually puts care into it, and this is the guy that does that. All of his sales are direct and everything he does is a limited edition or one of a kind. All you need to do is shoot him an email at neatfreak2007 at gmail.com. That's neatfreak2007 at gmail.com. Again, I can't thank him enough for what he did for the logo and for everything else he does. And without further ado, here's the episode.
1: Did a, I used to do kind of like a Wayne's World kind of YouTube show at, mm-hmm. out of a record record shop slash uh, rock venue mm-hmm. called the Underground Rock Shop, and uh, it only did like I think like 12 or 13 episodes, and it was fucking crazy. And it was it was a maddening time. Like you can definitely see within. Uh, Um, the beginning of the videos. These videos do not exist anymore. Uh, (laughs) Some of us just had a falling out. We're just, yeah. we we have no interest in talking about it no more. And it was just a thing that really kind of stressed us all out. But the whole basis of the whole show was to kind of take on the appeal of being Wayne's world. And it was the owner of the shop rat who he wanted to go ahead and advertise his shop, his record shop in which he had done, It's been on TV before. He sold a lot of vinyl records, cassette tapes, a lot of eight tracks, uh, local stuff, hard to find stuff, uh, memorabilia, and then he did kind of like some of the head shop stuff. He sold some of the water pipes, sold some of the incense, and then he then there was me, where it was local art. So he kind of really opened stuff up. He was also a consignment shop as far as someone Mm -hmm. could bring in their tapes or their hey, my dad died, I wanted to know how much I can get for his collection or whatever. Um, But in the back, after that store closed, or sometimes just mere hours before the store closed, there would be a show going on. And it was always all ages. And sometimes, like, there would be a cover charge, but most of the time it was free. So out of that, we would try to time it just fine, where it's like, okay, this band's coming in. Let's go ahead and get them so we can use them for a live bit like we're doing right now, and then we can go ahead and air that kind of like Wayne's World.
0: <laughs>
1: On top of doing skits, kind of like Saturday Night Live, like oh fuck yeah! Between, between me, uh, a gal, um, she's super creative. Uh, she works for Slaughterhouse <laughs> now. Uh, she got a hell of talent. She does like Halloween makeup and stuff. Um, it was her. Uh, her husband and then Rat and then uh, there was another guy named Patrick who came in to the fix and he was another uh, kind of like videographer mm-hmm. so we were doing all these crazy skits we were doing stuff that was like mildly South Park offensive <laughs> uh, and, like we were really pushing bound. and then uh, then there became the whole like what was the place called BME or BMI scare of licensee of music and shit like that
0: oh like be me i think yeah and yeah. they were
1: just sending out like just hardcore mail letters to us saying hey uh, you know we 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 noticed that you use this music on this segment and stuff like that and then it became the part where it's like we can't edit that it, it is what no. it is and it's just like so then it became this double back on her part where it's like hey we need to create music but we also need to make sure that you can use stuff that isn't copyrighted stuff that Mm. while live music and that got really tough then it got to be the point where it got really complicating to try to come up with new skits while editing and it just like it was very very stressful so we got to a point where it's like (laughs) we did we did some crazy skits where it's like we kidnapped the host and then right. like right. we we built this crazy fucking box and just made him le- he made him look like he got kidnapped by clowns. <laughs> and he's like beat up with grease paint on him and there's like this dim light and it just it was just this crazy shit. I I, met, I haven't talked to him and like, some time but we're good friends we all love each other i I can tend to lead on a lot so you kind of have to stop me like i (laughs) there's a lot there's a lot of life in my in my short time that's what's great though that's what uh and that and that whole thing was only like it was a very short-lived moment like it it was very like and then it was over um an an odd thing about that place is like, I always call it like the CBGB of Des Moines. Like, of course there was a safari club that was then turned into Harry Mary's, which is now left. And a lot of people see that as their CBGB, but for my Mm -hmm. time and what my involvement was in with the, uh, the Des Moines scene, which was on a musical level, very small. Um, and then on an artistic level, I guess you could say it was much bigger, uh, it was a very, very, very short time. But it was a lot of fun, too, because I met a lot of people <coughs> through it. Um, man, like, it was so much interesting as shit. And the, and the funny thing was, like like I was saying, is uh, we, there was a slumlord all in the mix up until the very, very, very end. And the roof started to leak. And we were having punk rock shows. Like, I couldn't get more punk rock than this shit. It was like CBGV, The Roof the ceiling in the hallway ended up just collapsing <laughs> I, and it was like one of the few times where i had because i was panicking because i'm like i'm taking care of the place i'm living with the owner because he's like i'll let you do house art it's free you just help me out at the shop so it was really kind of like this neat little spot to do all this stuff and i get the perks of like meeting bands seeing live music and like I totally realized how good I had it. You know, like being the house artist and then getting art shows and then doing all this stuff. It was really fun. Yeah. So, um, so one time I end up leaving out of town. I get this message from rat and he's like, "What the fuck?" And I get this picture, and you just all you see is just drywall plaster, just right in the middle of the hallway, and it's the back entrance into how to get to the venue and the record shop and I'm like, what are we gonna do? <laughs> I take this tarp. <laughs> totally just like podunk the shit out of this thing. And then it just becomes like this well of water, like brown water. And we got punk bands coming in like, huh. what the fuck is that? <laughs> I'm like, don't worry about that, man. It's all good. <laughs> 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 Shit! So like we had one band come in. I want to say it was. I want to say it was Astro Bastards. They were a punk band. They young punk band, and uh, they got their start out of the rock shop, which is an interesting thing. Um, now those guys are like in their twenties, mid twenties, and uh, they were playing some show, and it got really hot and muggy in there. And it start, stuff started to fucking naturally decay off the walls and the ceiling, and people were just like, "Dear God!" Just. Uh, it was so much fun. I'm like, I, and, and at that point in time, like I was just a raging alcoholic. People didn't know it. I was just like, uh, people did know that I drank, but not to what. Limit. Uh oh, you yeah, just yeah. like I was just drowning whatever stress I had because I was doing the art, I was doing this place, and it wasn't that it was stressful; it was just having to deal with certain types of bullsh- mm. certain types of bullshit. I was going through personal st- stuff at that time too, and it just whatever, whatever. But. It got to be real interesting, it's a lot of interesting shit, and just stuff that you know that you would normally expect in a punk rock club. People are fucking and doing drugs in the bathroom. Oh yeah, and, you know that we in that spot in Des Moines, like on the north side where it was at that time, like there was always the meth head who was trying to sell us a scratched up Garth Brooks CD <laughs> for some meth, or you sell rose pipes, or you know, blah, blah, blah. And it, just, it was always fucking something, man. It, it was, it was fucking fun though. But it was only for like a year and a half, year and two years. Like it, it was crazy though but there's so much more, but I'll let you ask. I was going to say, this is
0: quite the start to the episode. I fucking love it though, man. I (laughs) love it. I
1: love it. We just did like five minutes of just, so like much love to rat. Like I owe him a lot. He really kind of got my start to Des Moines because like, I had no idea who he was. He had no idea who I was and he owns a store at Merle Hay mall now. And it's expanded double its space since he's been there in the short time that he's been there since, uh, at the north side of Des Moines and then before that he was in Newton but he's super cool he he's he's the the coolest hippie he he's like a punk rock hippie metalhead like I don't even know what the fuck man he's just one of those cool dudes like you just want him in your friend list he's really cool yeah um he's got a massive knowledge on things like I learned so much shit and met so many people through him um but he took a chance on me and he put uh the very start of my stuff up at the front of the window and people started buying it. he's like you know maybe you could do a show and there's some people that uh would be interested if you painted walls here so that's kind of where i got my start doing murals and stuff i just took a chance and if i fucked up okay i can buff over it and do it again that place ended up uh he got the opportunity to go to the mall it would just uh a deal that he long kind of was like well, i'm not sure the right thing came at the right time he's like i'm fucking doing it and uh it worked out really well for him um a lot of people said you should knock those murals down and take them out but it just wasn't that type of uh we just couldn't take them (laughs) we just couldn't take them out it was just like brick and shit um but there were some really cool murals there was a big old graveyard of a punk rocker kind of skanking over some cemetery graves and the graves were filled of every single band that used to be played here in des moines that don't exist and i was never done drawing a new grave because there's so many bands that are like yeah we fucking quit it's just like fuck that's fuck ah, or someone be like, yeah, we we lasted for about three weeks. We're out of Marshalltown, and then I have to like s- search and be like, was this legit? It's <laughs> a fucking thing. Did anybody give a fuck about this band? Okay, I'll put it on the fucking wall. You know, <laughs> it was crazy shit.
0: That's funny. That's interesting that you have such a correlation with like uh, the music scene as well. Like uh, uh,
1: uh, when I, if it, it didn't like. It just it didn't happen like intentionally by happenstance. It just yeah, it fell into place. It it became a thing where like there was a band um, out of I want to say San Diego, some kind of nightmare. Um, that they came to the rock shop multiple times, and on this one occasion, they ended up staying the night. Uh, they were welcomed into the house, and they chilled out. We made breakfast for them, but uh, one night I was sitting there talking to Rat <laughs> and. He's like, yeah, they came by one night, and they crashed inside the venue, and I went back in there, and they were just pressing shirts, and he's just like, it's just crazy shit like that. They're, they're, uh, he lets bands crash there, he's like, just leave the, leave your shit. You don't have to tear it down. You guys can, you know, this place is fucking locked. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. no way you're going to get in here, but the place was also haunted, it like
0: <laughs> like what do you mean it was haunted? Like okay, like, so
1: so I I never really like deeply looked into it. I never like have any. I, I I've seen it with my own eyes, but okay. like apparently that place on the north side of Des Moines, like Oak Park Highland Park, used to be run by the mob, and that spot used to have like. Uh, Cards, gambling, prostitution, escorting, whatever call you. That parking lot that would just north of the space that he rented out was where the funeral home used to be. But there was people that said that if you go into the venue, through the door, down the basement, in which I have gone to, but it was always flooded down there. So you couldn't really see. But if you go down to the bottom of the stairs, where it was really fucking creepy. You look around, and then the wall's been concrete over; it's been bricked over. But it used to be a tunnel that went to that funeral home, and people said, "Yeah, they used to just murder bodies upstairs, murder, murder bitch, and then just stretch them on out to the funeral home." <laughs> so, <laughs> what? so, they, so then, like, so then, like, there was stories about. Okay, well, I used to have this little art studio, like. I started to become this thing where Rat, Rat gave me a lot of privilege. I was spoiled crazy with it. He let me have this complete art studio, so it became a full-time thing for me to be able to create flyers for upcoming shows, album artwork, commissions, shirt designs, whatever the fuck you have you. And... I lost my train of thought so (laughs)
0: happens quite often on the show. You're in the right place.
1: I I, I was watching a couple of episodes. I'm like, Oh fuck dude. I have nothing to worry about. Uh, I got it so good. I got nothing to worry about.
0: I'm curious. What, what episodes did you watch?
1: the one that you just posted yesterday about the uh, history of the gfk stuff oh yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that's awesome i'm like i totally feel that <laughs> i totally believe that too i'm like i'm right there with him i'm like why isn't more people thinking this like you know
0: but do you have any other conspiracy theories that you care you don't have to go down road, if you have to
1: but. um i don't know like i i <laughs> Fuck, I I, I don't really know like none of them are like super duper like out of this world like some of them have been confirmed and busted and stuff like Mm -hmm. but now it's at that point where it's like I have to be very careful with like breaking that conspiracy down to people who seriously believed at that time that that conspiracy was real like I have certain people in my circle where I can't tell them like we never landed on the fucking moon what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) you obviously fucking know this with today's technology that that was not going to fucking happen. And they'll bark up a tree and they'll be like, what are you fucking talking about? It was on the fucking TV. I'm like, look how easy it is to be emulated. Look, look how easy it is. We could have just took a fucking camera to a set prop and then you could have just believed it. Put some like grainy gradient shit in front of the lens and just completely fooled you i'm like there's no way that we could have went to the moon i'm like like why do you say that i'm like look at the fucking science in it it's not gonna happen so then there were some people in my circle who seriously thought the earth was flat nothing against them i'm like everybody can believe what the fuck they want but when it comes to a point where a guy's like I'm going to set a fucking rocket up into the sky and I'm going to prove that the world is not flat and he fucking dies. <laughs> I'm not going to sit there and believe that it's flat. There's things called orbit. It's a ball going in, you know, it's it's going in the gyroscopic centrifugal force thousands of miles an hour. It's going to have to circle itself out. It's kind of like when you mix a ball of dough in a mixer, how it ends up turning into a ball It's just like, it's a big mixer. It's not, it's not going to be flat. It it never is. It's constantly like amoebic unless, and the only time it's going to be flat is if it's like contained in a flat area.
0: But space
1: just keeps going. Yeah. You know, we may not be like circular, but we're definitely round.
0: Yeah. So are you saying you don't think that the moon landing is real?
1: No. (laughs) Fuck No. Because of the Van Allen radiation belt and shit like that. You know, we may say, the thing is NASA gets certain types of information that we are then to be like indoctrinated to fucking believe. I believe that. I'm like, nah, I don't know about all that shit. And then I saw a movie, what was it called? Like what they had uh, Ron the guy who played Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, Daniel <and> then- <laughs> Moonwalkers.
0: <laughs> what?
1: There's a, movie, there's a movie called Moonwalker where they talk that. about it, the whole Stanley Kubrick, where it was like they paid oh, Stanley the Kubrick yeah. to stage the whole moon landing. So,
0: so you, so you're saying that you believe that and you think that? Well, you not like not, not like
1: 100, but I'm more of a person where I'm like, well, <laughs> with how much they want to sit here and try to make people believe shit, why wouldn't I think that that wouldn't be something that they would stage? So that's kind of where I'm at with that. I don't think that we had that. I think it was just a space race, and then they just said that we landed on the moon just to make it sound like we actually won the fucking race. And there's been mm. many times where, like, people have done that, and then it's like, no, you didn't really fucking win. <laughs> you know, you, you, you completely fucking cheated on that shit. Well,
0: I feel I'm going to say I disagree, but. <laughs> that's fine man that's your <laughs> damn i don't know if i've ever met anyone that actually uh actually fucked with that i have heard like i um i'm a big like stanley Cooper fan i have like been i mean into the it, whole, i like... mean
1: there's people that seriously think out there that there's sasquatch and i'm like are you fucking crazy No, I, yeah, I they're, agree. They're, they're, yeah there's no fucking sasquatch out there i'm like it could be nick nolte in the hills but it's not fucking sasquatch like it's totally not like it's there's something crazy out there but i don't know if it's a hairy fucking dude that people keep drawing pictures and making lawn ornaments of but it's not that guy you know he doesn't he doesn't look like the beef jerky guy by a long shot <laughs> long shot so so, Rotten right Yellow,
0: it. you do art.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I uh, obviously, through that, just in the first, what, 10, 15 minutes out of this conversation, you can find oh. out that I have a lot of time to myself as a full-time <laughs> well, artist.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. So, <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine you're, because uh, I clean offices, and my mind can run pretty wild then, too. I did like, do you, when you're paying, do you like listen to podcasts or music or like what's, what are you doing?
1: It usually goes into one of three realms. Um, I try not to fall into the third realm where it's like a house that's just, because a lot of the time, like, so what a lot of people don't know is like, I'm a full-time dad too. So mm-hmm. when in this whole full-time artist thing, like I treat it no different than someone who is supposed to be at the position on the assembly line at nine o'clock, you better be there ready to work. Mm-hmm. You know, and I kind of adapted that same type of work ethic with doing artwork because I want to be very diligent with what I do. So, on the weeks that like I'm working on your stuff, where I'm at home, I'm usually I have like the kids drop them off because I'm also the bus driver and the guy who provides <laughs> the snacks when they get picked up. <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> so so between uh what is the average 450 miles that i drive in one week for three kids going to two different districts um it's it's pretty crazy so it gives me like you know i get home about nine o'clock in the morning and i i gotta bang out something i gotta make myself productive throughout the day i can't just sit there with my thumb up my ass the whole time so 2 o'clock comes around, and then I got to get stuff going. Wednesday, early outs, what a fucking joke. I get home, I get 20 minutes, and I got to be back out on the road to go pick the kids up because they get out at, like, 12 o'clock. It, it's ridiculous, and, and it's like a, just a running gag, and it's like, did you get anything done today? Like, What's your 8-minute sketch look like, Dad? And it's, just, <laughs> it's like... Oh, uh, it's so funny! It's so funny. So uh, what?
0: So do you mainly paint, or like, what's your medium that you usually?
1: It's usually I, I kind of sum it up into two realms. I do paint painting, which then breaks into many branches. Where it's I, I do a little bit of oil stuff, where it's like an oil paint marker, or um, sometimes I'll do like enamel, like sometimes pinstriping, but not too much. Um, and then I'll do aerosol paint like uh, spray painting, rattle cans. I'll do murals that way. I've done interior homes. I did that for a handful of years, and I still continue to do that. That's kind of more of my side hustle. It started naturally, but I kind of pushed it towards a back burner. But I do interior homes. I've done color changes and done complete uh, floor levels and painted millionaires' homes, whether it be a mural or the inside of a home. Oh, wow. Uh, Um. So, there, I mean, there's a lot of homes that I pass by, and I'm you know, i thinking to myself, yeah, I painted that. And I, I worked with sign companies, too, so there's signs around town that I've painted. I'm like, yeah, I've done that. Mm-hmm. I've done that, too, and doing flyers, and I see those. So, like, it, it's kind of like, it's intermittent, but it's, it tends to be everywhere, and not all the time, too. It tends to, like, float in and out throughout the year. I'm like, yeah, I did that piece, and it's on this billboard now, or You know, I did this piece and it still stands to this day in Indianola or whatever have you. So, and sometimes things get buffed over and you just ride with it. So I just stopped getting attached to certain types of art because when you get to a point, you start to realize like, well, fuck, dude, why? I'm not getting mad someone dunked paint on my shit. I can just fucking do it again. (laughs) <laughs> and I can, do it, I can do it even better. Like, to me, it was just like, that's a, that's a fucking sketch. Like, I can fucking do that again, and I'll do it even better. Huh. So it just gets to that point where it's like, this ain't shit.
0: Just and, repetitive. And
1: like, um, Repetition, I should say. One advantage to that is, like, I, I highly suggest, like, people who want to just, like, be a full-time artist. Um, if you haven't bought a, a light box yet or some way to – be able to project your art, to be able to scale it to certain sizes. Uh, it's highly beneficial. Um,
0: well, what's a light for those who don't know? What is that?
1: It's just like if you took a piece of paper and stuck it up, stuck it up to a window, and it illuminates light behind it, so you can see the image. So oh. it, it makes it. <clears throat> it gives you the ability to trace on top a grid,
0: of essentially. That's is kind that what
1: you're... Kind, of, kind of yeah, kind of okay. in a sense. All right. Um, and then there's, like, a projector where I can just take a it's, – it's an old-style piece of shit. It's not exactly what they have in high school where you take a transparency and yeah. use that. I have that, too. I have used that. It, it's all right. But I'm talking something that's table-side where it, yeah. it, it uses kind of like a periscopic <coughs> tendon, uh, type of projection, and it illuminates your image onto the table, and it goes up and down a column, a uh, beam, And you can use kind of like this dial that, you know, based on how far you want to see it and going up and down the column and you get it projected just right, you can blow things up like 20 times its size. So that's how I'm able to take like a simple thing such as like your logo. Yeah. And if I wanted to make that like eight feet in four hours, I could do that. Mm. You know, back in the day, and some people even today don't have that ability to be able to project it and make it that big. You know, some people have to longhand compass that shit. And I, I there's sometimes I have to do that, too, when it's like, well, I can't bring my projector to the site. How are we going to bang out this big circle on the wall? So I have to learn how to be able to do that. You know, you take a tack and you stick it in the drywall, a string, and, you know, tether it to a pencil and just go and get it done. You know, apply the same yeah. tension throughout and get it done. So, um and I learned a lot of that stuff from like people who uh, used to work in sign companies and stuff like that. Mm. There was a lot of guys that did a lot of the old school pinstriping and enamel, sandwich boards, and uh, window painting. And <laughs> I met a lot of people and you'd think like, it made it interesting for me because it's like, now that I know how to do that, I'm going to do that and then say, yeah, I can do that. Because I'm not going to be the person that says that I can't do that. So I learned a lot of different stuff, such as, like, how to spray, you know, in an industrial setting. Because I also worked for John Deere, too, and did, like, powder coat and worked underneath eight-ton frames, which is scary shit. And you're wearing an astronaut suit, and you're blowing this magnetic powder coating wand up inside this frame, and you got to get it just right. You know, the thing's three-quarter of a million dollars. You can't fuck it up so there's that no pressure
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh and you're on your probation <laughs> oh my god yeah uh,
0: so how long you've been doing this
1: as far as like selling art on a professional level
0: uh i guess both like either how long you've been like uh, uh like you know semi-professionally doing it or like you know been able to sell it or what's uh, been your timeline
1: well uh art has always kind of been in my life uh Well, we can answer that part of that question uh at at another part Mm -hmm. um but skipping forward to like junior high um i would just sit there and draw a lot and at that point in time it was towards like the necessary demise of 90s tribal tattoos I would like to say that uh, as a former tattoo artist, I'm not a fan of those types of tattoos. They just look shit. Um, I don't care how clean the line is. It's just like everybody had a fucking... I mean, I had a fucking tribal tattoo. I got it covered up.
0: How long did you do tattoo art? Uh,
1: I did tattoo designs. Uh, Here and there, I'll still do tattoos design, But I first and foremost refer the tattoo artist to do it. I never try to rob from a tattoo artist what they want to do it that's kind of something that i really frown upon in like facebook groups if someone wants like a tattoo but they want like an artist to draw it's like just go to the fucking tattoo artist they can do it just as well as i can it's like well we want it done in your style i'm like yeah but they still are gonna have to trace it they're still going to apply their style to it somehow so what difference does it make if i draw it you're still gonna have to get it by, done by that guy girl whom, yeah you know whomever so I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's like you're you're spending extra money for it. I mean, but I totally get where it's like you get a design, then it ends up being something so cool that's like, okay, well, yeah, initially it was going to be a T-shirt, but now I want to get it done as a tattoo. I've seen that happen. And that's cool, too. You know, yeah. it happens more often than not. It's like, hey, dude, I got that thing that you drew, and I turned it into a fucking tattoo. It's like, holy shit, that's awesome! <laughs> Just the most random thing. I'm like, yeah, it, it happens. It, all right, that's cool. But as far as being a tattoo artist, it was a very short-lived thing. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll say this: that being a full-time artist is the most consistent job that I've had. Um, I learned a lot of different things and in the end of it all, I've realized that like working for somebody else doesn't suit well with me Um, because when it comes down to they realize that you're really good at what you do, then they just want fucking numbers from you. And I'm not down with productivity managers looming over my head saying, hey, man, you've been hitting home runs. You should do home der- run derbies every single day. And since one guy can't get his shit together, we should just have you do all his work for him so it doesn't make me look bad. <laughs> I'm like, no. And that scheme seems to be everywhere. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. Unfortunately, people who are like, you know, young and they don't know that yet, I'm like, fuck All right, well I'm just waiting for that domino to fall and then we had that conversation like yeah man those motherfuckers fuck the man it's like yeah yeah but then on the other side you know sometimes like people see what I'm doing and they want to take that dive they're just really unsure and they're really hesitant about being a full time artist well I'll tell you this that yeah you're going to feel the pressure yeah you're going to get (laughs) my sleep pattern I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy like it's you know i go to bed at like eight o'clock at night but i'm constantly waking up more times than i have fingers and toes i'm getting up at like 4 or four thirty in the morning because i'm constantly trying to figure out all right because of the pandemic and that variable and i should be extremely grateful for the fact that i'm a full-time artist because at any given second it should you'd be done yeah just like that and then i got to go back to painting houses if people had the money to provide for that but people are holding on to their bucks man and when you're a full-time artist you have to be accommodating to the outside world the one that you know you decide to step away from and people still get paid on fridays or thursdays you know people get paid on every two weeks you can't be you know hitting everybody up being like hey man blah 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 blah, blah. it's like yeah, and you have to stay professional, mm-hmm. and when you're losing money and you're having to dip into savings to pay your rent or stuff like that, then it becomes a thing where I'm like getting up at four four thirty in the morning, I'm like what the fuck am I gonna create today? And I'm literally yeah. doing that like five out of seven times a week, and something will come to me. And if it wasn't for my girlfriend, to be the biggest support I've ever had in my life, the the sole investor who's like. You just don't tend to work well with other motherfuckers. You should just do this yourself. And it's just like she took a chance. She's like, you—you got the work ethic. You just don't want to work with anybody else.
0: Yeah, I can relate to that.
1: Just yeah. <laughs> show me that you can do it. And I just let my actions speak louder than words. And I just kept cranking shit out, and it just never stopped. Hmm. But it got—it—it it got to be, and it does get to be toxic sometimes and i'm not afraid to talk about that and i you know being on here i wanted to let that be known that and i'm not afraid to like get vulnerable about it because it is a real thing where you know everybody thinks at one point in time because they're seeing things at face value like front and yellow oh man he's he does a lot i'm like fuck dude like i wish anybody wouldn't have to walk a mile in my shoes like it's tough for everybody out there right now Gas is $5, and I'm fucking grateful if anybody tossed me a $25 sale, let alone a commission, multi-thousand-dollar wall. Like it's, you know, there's sometimes, there's, you know, when it gets to be so big where it has to go through city funding, it, it gets halted up, and you can't count on those types of things as your part of your salary. You get kind of lost in that, and you're like, oh, fuck, I'm out $6,000. or. I'm um, out $250, and then it's like, and the, and for people like me who haven't yet hit a marker where it's like, I've got a healthy amount in my savings account, and I'm okay, I can go on a trip to Costa Rica or whatever, that's not going to happen for me for a couple of while, you're, you're kind of catching me at a point where I've still got a lot left to do before it gets to a point where I can... Yeah, sure. Take everybody <clears throat> out on a trip and stuff. Yeah, we still get out on the weekend, absolutely. We still have our fun. And the kids are smiling, yeah, yeah. happy, healthy, safe, and secure. But we're not yeah. going to, like, fucking Hawaii and shit. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. I don't really, to be honest, I don't think very many people are going to Hawaii. Right. I mean, I have uh, I think the trips that we're going this year are, like, all family-related stuff. Like, we're not even Yeah, thinking about trying to do stuff. It's hard for anyone, man, you know. Well, for, for, shit. well, for,
1: well there's, I mean, I, I have some friends that don't have kids and stuff, and they definitely go out there and do that. But you know they're not having to provide for three kids too. You know, so yeah, they're, well, they're on completely, they're, they're yeah, completely exactly. on a different mind frame. I do have friends that don't have kids, and they're like, "Dude, how come you don't come around often?" And it's like, "Fuck, dude, you, <laughs> have you seen what I've been doing? Like, yeah, exactly. like this, this is my life. Like, there is no like I got to go, I got to go to Dairy Queen at three o'clock and start making chili dogs till nine, and hope Jeff shows up because you know I'm not falling for that. Jeff always fucks me over." I'm like, I'm not doing that. I worked at Casey's and I got really good at making pizzas. And then the manager found out. He's like, you're going to stay, and you're going to make pizzas. And then the guy who didn't show up for donuts, he didn't show up for, like, the last time. And it's like, Matt, you're going to make donuts. So then I started getting really good at donuts. And he's like, you're going to stay for making pizzas, and you're going to stay for making donuts. And it's like, it always becomes this fucking thing. And I'm like, fuck these fucking managers, man. I'm like, if anybody – and then it became a thing. I'm like, you know what? The only person I'm going to fail is me. I'm going to become my own manager because I can only be disappointed in myself at the end of the day. If I decide to play hooky, then I decide to play hooky. If yeah. I decide to go ahead and just be like, I'm going to get up at five o'clock and I'm going to fucking create this thing, you know. And I have that attitude and discipline about, you know, even your piece to this day. Yeah. You know, if you want money in your savings account so that you can invest in things, and you want to, you know, we just recently got a house, me and the girlfriend, and it's been the best thing ever. Uh, we were living kind of in a weird weird pocket in town where it's like you go two blocks down, there was a murder, and now they're building like a, a fucking brewery in that spot. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I don't know. I just – there's just some things like – You know, I'm really glad that like I'm in my basement and I'm, you know, doing my thing because the outside world just gets so fucking weird to me nowadays, even, you know, within the pandemic and even before they were just like, I don't know if I'm just getting older and people are getting weirder or if it's just (laughs) the same. I don't know. Or maybe I'm getting weird and they're just looking at me funny. I don't know, but it's just like, what the fuck, man?
0: Maybe all those things are true. Who knows?
1: Who knows? People are just like really nice, and I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But then, like, from afar, like, what the fuck is that? It's like, I'm human. <laughs> so
0: I've noticed uh, on your Instagram, you have like a fascination with VHSs.
1: Yeah. Um, I
0: find that really, really fun. I don't know.
1: Um, it's, I'm a, I'm a firm believer. Um, I forget what the actor's name is, but he's in Step Brothers. I would just like to note that I have a... Will in, Ferrell? I, no, John the, the, guy, the guy who plays the dad. Um,
0: oh, I don't know his name, but I know
1: who he's talking about. He's really good, and I'm really sorry. Just know that I watch your movies, and I pay attention if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> Must not love him enough! <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. that fucking I asshole! Fucking suck. I know, I can hear it right now. He's, 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 he's trolling on it right now. <laughs>
0: Everybody in the comments, goes, shit on <laughs> yeah. yellow. He was told the fuck he's talking so, about. So,
1: uh, he says in that movie, uh, I would just like to note that I bought Step Brothers because my girlfriend didn't see it, and I just happened to see it at Goodwill. I'm a mad uh, thrifter and I was like oh my god I saw it and I'm always checking the, it's like alright it's immaculate condition I spent $2.49 <sighs> it's like it's awesome I get home and I'm about to, you know I make a great dinner and I, I love to cook too so I kind of like my other fun thing to do aside from collecting VHS and then doing art is cooking I, I absolutely love it because I cook a home cooked meal almost every single night um, I take a lot of pride oh there in you it. go I, I take a lot of pride in it what
0: do you cook What kind, sorry not do you really like, what kind of stuff do you cook
1: um As a dad, it's a cardinal sin if you don't grill. I would just like to (laughs) say uh, double-ton click to everybody out there. Uh, oh damn um charcoal uh i don't get real all like crazy with it just if i can make my ribs not taste like shit i'm fine with it so i'm 100 percent down for barbecue um i lived on guam so we had people who used to come up to our house and be like we're gonna go in the jungle we're gonna catch a pig or a large snake and we're just gonna spit roast it over the fire so here get this shit
0: damn
1: okay I'm nine years old, living on Guam. And if anybody doesn't know where Guam is, take about like two thousand miles worth of Pacific Ocean and then just put just a like Rhode Island in the middle of it. It's it's not really big. And I'm stuck there in the nineties, which was like the best fucking time in my life. So the hot music at that time was UB forty. So it was red, red wine and uh, they did that rendition of Elvis can't help but falling in love with you. So all the girls and natives are sitting there weaving palm tree hats, palm weave hats. I'm eating raw coconut. My dad's getting fucked up on Sapporo alcohol. There's a big pallet fire. And keep in mind that my dad was in the Navy, so I'm a Navy brat. Hence why I'm there on Guam. We're ha- you know we're having at this beach, and. You hear UB-40 a little bit, and all of a sudden you hear them sing Garth Brooks, got friends in low places. And everybody's drunk, and, like, <laughs> I saw some crazy shit there in Guam. Remember, they didn't, drank crazy, like, crazy amounts. I saw a dude catch himself on fire, like, and he <laughs> dove into the ocean. <laughs> um <laughs> Oh like God. what was
0: he doing? Do you, do you even know? He just
1: uh, well, it was like a habit where they would go on base and steal the pallets from the dock because a re, uh, my dad was in the Navy, and long before computer-aided drafting, there was the long-handed drafting where you do it by hand. and they have the big ass illustration tables and stuff. And mm-hmm. my dad did that. And it's it's an obsolete thing nowadays. They don't need that shit no more. You know, they can just uh, you know the military pays for Adobe Photoshop, and they can draw a depth charge of mine and done. But they used to do it by hand. And my dad also did articles, and I want to say comics for uh, a naval magazine, or kind of like a I don't know, it's kind of like a Reader's Digest called In Focus. Wow, that's Um, interesting. Your father did that for yeah, and my dad also worked for a place. uh, At the time, it was August Home Publishing, and he uh, did illustrations like uh, blown up images, isometric views, uh, how to diagrams, all by hand for uh, Workbench Magazine, the woodworking magazine. You know how to build gazebos, and he would draw the step by step that you see. You know the exploded view, two by fours, and this dado joint goes into this shit and i grew up watching my dad draw that type of stuff and then there were times where i was a little kid i would go up to my dad and he'd be sitting there drinking last night's beer and his skivvies or whatever <laughs> i be like dad draw me a ninja turtle and he'd be like give me that fucking pencil and he'd bang out Michelangelo. I'd be like, that's fucking cool can your dad do that dude I, oh my god it gave me such bragging rights <laughs> in school <laughs> that's oh, funny like yeah and he he could do everything like and it was a crazy time too because like at that time he was making halloween mask he was sculpting so i got my hands into sculpting uh casting mold making um how do you just make stuff from nothing like how to make your own iron man suit out of cardboard and stuff and fuck, i still do that to this day because i got three kids and they're always like "Matt, i need something for school i need you to build me a robot arm it's like okay you know so i'm always doing that crazy shit and i always have like this. Massive. It's kind of like Adam Savage from Mythbusters, but not that crazy. (laughs) Like, I don't have, like, a a fucking lathe down there and shit. I'm like, yeah, I can fucking mill that out. You know, I I can't. Everything's pretty, like, whatever you can find in your house. I keep it pretty practical. You know, if it's, like, the back of a tracing paper pad that I can use as a nice, sturdy cardboard backer for something, I will. But I try to make it realistic with the kids that you don't. You don't need really nice shit to co- create something awesome. You really don't. Yeah, yeah. And I, the kids go to school all the time with with their creations. Like uh, my daughter last year for Halloween, she wanted to be a mushroom queen. And uh, she found a baton at Goodwill and then just made this card. I helped her make this cardboard mushroom and took a lot of pride with it. Took it to school. And everybody's like, that's fucking awesome. Your dad made that. I'm going to ask my mom to make that for me. and <laughs> It's always some shit like that, too. It's like, I told them to follow you on Instagram. I'm like, you guys are, like, fucking 12. You don't need to be on social <laughs> media at all. Why are you guys on social media? You don't yeah. need to be.
0: Yeah, that's a worrisome thing in itself so for sure. Yeah, on social media.
1: It, it's a crazy thing. Like, And I, I don't advise anybody that's you know under that certain age to be looking at my stuff. I mean, I post adult stuff because I, I don't hold any limits i mean there's certain things like i don't draw like i don't get politically based and i'm definitely not going to go out there and try to intent harm through my art yeah. on people like there's just a certain code that i do that you just you just don't do it because you know it's just going to cancel you out and you're done
0: well that's awkward because we're exclusively on the youtube kids channel oh no, i'm just kidding <laughs> well sorry keep i'll going. watch my fucking manners next time <laughs> <laughs> man this interview is gonna be full of bleeps man yeah it's gonna be reduced to like 30 seconds all right it's
1: just gonna yeah. be ma- me waving and that's the best part
0: and <laughs> yellow he's good he's good darts yeah all right go follow uh, yeah bye um fuck man yeah i love everything you do i love your uh well i wanted to ask you your uh your tat you mind showing your roll up your sleeve and showing off some of your tattoos yeah,
1: uh, some of them i they're you know the I thing is like when i did when you asked about the tattooing um it was a very short time you know it was a very very bittersweet time because it was uh i was a like i said a, a heavy drinker i'm almost six years sober now
0: oh hey good for you
1: um and it's hard as fuck. And anybody out there who's doing a cold turkey like I did, match props to you. And then uh, that kind of started the discipline in me being like, well, I need to cut a lot of stuff out. And my lifestyle tends to be very minimalistic. If I can do away with the fat and just go ahead and keep the meat, proverbially speaking, yeah, yeah. And I then that's kind of how I am about things. Um, I don't treat I don't treat people like that. Don't get me wrong. Like there's some people where they understand. Like I can't see right now. I'm got shit to do. Okay, that's cool. Um, but then at that time I was also a heavy smoker and I was smoking two packs of Marlboro Red or mm-hmm. Lucky Strikes and you, I'm like I'm not even 30 years old at this time I'm like and working at the tattoo shop didn't really help that out because we worked right next to a bar so it was mm. very tempting on my behalf and I won't speak for myself to want to play hooky and just go get fucking drunk so me and Wild Turkey 151 became very good friends. Yeah, and there's a lot of times throughout my life where I just don't really remember a lot of stuff, and a lot of people don't remember that. There's a lot of times where I just kind of just where the fuck did he go? Oh, well, I was I was probably getting fucking wasted, you know, just kind of doing my own thing and dealing with my own problems and depressions, and you know, I I had my I had my battles growing up, uh, much like anybody else, and you know, we don't have to dive into that because you know it isn't about that. But, um, yeah, and then I got sober, so then I kicked cigarettes. And I was like, well, fuck, if I can do that, then I'm going to do this. So then I became like, which today is probably the hardest thing. Um, I found out that through talking with friends, and I don't know if it's like a clinical thing or whatever, but when people kick alcohol, it tends to be they have a natural craving for, like, sugar. Mm um they they want to make up that because a lot of alcohol does have sugar yeah unbeknownst to it unbeknownst to it you know and uh i still have problems with that where it's like fuck you know i don't want to have to drink my coffee black and uh, but i just deal with it you know it's it's i want to live you know
0: okay so do you like cut carbs completely or try to
1: no i i just eat healthier um okay and plus on that like the girlfriend had uh, you know had recently found out over the years that she had chronic kidney disease so we cut out a lot of the oxalates and stuff like beans and uh high sodium and if it's got like a, a phosphate or a nitrate you know i have to kind of dive in deeper with that and be like okay well that's not going to be good for anybody's kidneys let alone yours i'm like if it ain't gonna be good for you why the fuck would i be putting it in myself So it just becomes this thing while I'm also cooking home cooked meals that you know, and everybody's cool with everything. I can, I can talk about all the meals that I make on here. Um, And everybody enjoys them and they're really quick and they're completely motherly and fatherly friendly. Um, If you do that kind of stuff, if you have to bang something out within, you know, less than an hour and you got to feed five heads, you know, I, I can show you how, and there's other people that can do it too. but a lot of stuff is you know there's some meat products we're not completely like you know vegetarian but i definitely eat a lot more vegetables and fruits than i ever have in my life Mm. um less coffee more apples in the morning um Mm. just just because like you know there's no vitamins in coffee although you know the apple has natural caffeine and then i also get the vitamins with it so i'm always trying to find like killing two birds with one stone and just fucking putting up with it I'm like okay I'm gonna fucking eat apples now so that's just what I do and then that same method and mental application I try to apply with art too I'm like well if I can do away with this just so I can do that and then you can get and get the same result well then fuck that <laughs> so like it just become this minimalistic thing and I even have my art desk set up like an assembly line it's like duh, 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 duh. you know I can grab my pencils here and I can grab the shipping wrap at the very end and be done with it because a lot of that kind of got institutionalized into me throughout factory work and realizing like if you want a fucking product and you want to provide a service a reputable service it has to be the same consistency and work effectiveness every single time and if you're going to be a one-man person the only person who is at fault at the end of the day shift is you So, and plus, like, my dad was in the military, so, like, that discipline Mm, was naturally ingrained. You know, I remember, you know, Kiwi polishing his shoes, you know, starching his, you know, Navy whites, um, you know, putting the medals on. Um, I remember going on to base, and uh, sometimes on Saturdays, he would let us into the big-ass art room and get these everything at our ill disposal he's like well if if something's out you gotta let us know but fucking paint uh chart pack markers if people remember those (laughs) um rapidograph uh, pens like all this crazy shit that i I don't even know if it exists anymore so fucking old um but i could ride my bike through the hallways and like stopped right in front of an admiral and didn't even know it was an admiral you know that was a crazy thing he's like what you doing and i was like hey how's it going and like i, I was too little to understand what that type of like ranking and military hierarchy and you know yeah positions and stuff like that and i'm just like oh, okay at the same time like only then did i know like watching the valcomer doors film that his dad was in the military and mm. in the navy so then throughout the years i asked my dad wasn't Jim Morrison dead? And he was like, Yeah, his picture was on the wall up there at Con AMR and on Guam. Didn't you see it? And like, I had to think about it. I'm like, Holy shit, Morrison. Yeah, oh my God. It's because right there at the entry of the military base, there's this big hall and like, you know, who's head guy and then everybody who falls underneath them. And i remember seeing morrison and i was like holy shit and it looked, it's like it just kind of like what the fuck and just doing some google searches and just being like wow this is crazy so it's like i don't know just kind of the allure i'm like i got that close to a fucking celebrity <laughs> yeah yeah oh, i
0: feel that man so yeah that's always really neat you know i it's impressive with the how long has it been since you um quit smoking cigarettes? because i myself uh it'd be two years
1: this uh, coming month. five 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 years. I I know that like right when I quit smoking cigarettes, I had this truck, and then it just went to shit because I never changed the oil out. Oh my god, dude! I was like going from town to town doing paint jobs, and just I, I was painting with this guy, and like it was really good. But we were always getting fucked over because he was always trying to dodge money from us. Mm. Uh, it was it was absolute shit. But the buddy of mine who I was working with, we were always getting screwed out. And then just one day, my car my truck just went boom and all the smoke came in through the uh inside and i was like that's fucking done but to answer your question it was i think it's been like five five years now i, I will say that uh i don't get the cravings i, I don't get the urges at all hmm. whatsoever um
0: how long did it take for that to go away
1: i i have tried uh multiple times Um, I had smoked hardcore ever since I was like 13 years old.
0: Wow. 13. Mm. Holy shit.
1: Yeah. I lived in this little podunk town and there was a bunch of us kids who were into skateboarding and Tony Hawk pro skater. So all this little punk ass bitches were trying to one up each other. You know, it's like, Oh, did you get laid first? Did you have a drink of alcohol first? You know, we get pot, you know, it's all this stuff. And so then it was like, Oh, I dare you to fucking smoke this cigarette. But so that's how that started. Damn. So it was, I think, unfortunately, it was a USA Gold that led that gateway. <laughs> USA Gold. <laughs> the military kid
0: gets bought into uh, the no, USA no, Gold. No, well, cigarette. my dad
1: smoked quite a bit. I remember the day he quit, too. It was like this big red circle on the calendar. Like, it made it official. And I remember him just chugging, like, fucking Thomas the train on that last night. Um He's like, I'm done. And then he quit it cold turkey. He was over with it. But he smoked my cigarettes cigarettes there for a long, long time. All my clothes smelled like it. And that kind of pushed it, too. It was like when you hear your kids like, you know, I'm kind of tired of going to school smelling like this shit. And I didn't even sign up for this fucking stuff. Yeah. It kind of puts your perspective on things. It's like kids don't deserve it. You know, you have the kid and you take care of them. But you, you can't, you know, it's, it's really wrong to smoke in the same car with them. Um but I, i'm not gonna lie i did do it when i did smoke but it, that's kind of what woke my ass up it's like the kids don't deserve it like they're gonna have fucking lung problem before they can even start dating like why do they deserve that <laughs> so like uh you know and with that mentality too like it's made me kind of more care about you know what the kids need and you know, taking care of family first, and I've made myself real selfless, but, you know, when I'm helping them out, I'm also helping myself out, such as, like, cooking. It really makes me happy, and food's fucking amazing. Uh, I, I'm i complete foodie. I, I love all of it, and especially with the high metabolism, I take advantage of it, and I know that my waistline's gonna just fucking just bottom out at some point in time, <laughs> but until then, uh, it's gonna be fucking pizzas until then, so... <laughs> Straight up, so much, so much carbs. And, but no, I, I eat a lot healthier. Like, um, you know, when I was a kid, I used to just be absolutely just like, "What the fuck? Why would people do some fucking tomatoes?" Of course, I'll have ketchup with my French fries, and just be like, "What the fuck?" You know. And uh, you know, I, now I'll eat tomatoes off the vine, just like my dad did. I'm not. I'm not so just like, "What the fuck about it?" So. <laughs> so.
0: Well, that's good man fuck yeah this has been an awesome episode man uh anything else you want to mention or plug before we maybe wrap this up
1: um any to anybody who's listening i, I really do appreciate it um i don't make these interviews often and in person and stuff like that so when the opportunity does come around it usually is someone who asked me i don't go out there seeking it um so when that does happen i try to make myself very uh Open for people. Um, I'm not really a person who goes out there and tends to share my life because I'm I'm just too fucking busy. You know, I've got kids and stuff, and my life's no different than anybody's. You can obviously see that I'm drawing and um, I'm consistently doing it. But when I'm not doing that, I'm a full time dad. I'm getting down on Super Nintendo and teaching kids how to do this (laughs) stuff. And you know, I'm really animated too. Like, you know, I got one kid who I just bought nunchucks for foam ones for Christmas. And uh, you know, because of VHS, when we dive into that, maybe a part two or something like that, uh, he got into v- Bruce Lee films and Jackie Chan films. So he's sitting there doing that shit in front of the TV, and it, oh, it's so funny. You and know,
0: what? you're not good enough, Dad, because you didn't give him the real ones. Oh, dude, I feel I feel so I feel so bad.
1: I'd I feel so bad. Like, well, he's into Arnold Schwarzenegger, like hardcore. Oh, right
0: now. for real? Like, okay, I loves, love those movies. Like Commando. Oh, that's one of my favorite movies. He loves of all that, time. but he
1: he <laughs> like he likes Dutch from Predator. Like, oh, I didn't get through Predator. He he uh-huh. he loves Predator. He just loves that film so much. And like, uh, I have painted murals throughout inside our home and I use those as push-up points for uh getting mural jobs like when it's dead and dry and I'm not making a whole lot of money I use the inside of my home to oh okay so like I did this punk, I did this daft punk mural that went in the oldest boy's room and uh, daft punk he said yep okay okay and uh I was like what do you want painted in here but usually I gave him a color base color well it's, so we started with the base color I said what do you color you want and he's like I love purple and then his younger brother loves orange. So anytime I go past their room, I just immediately think showcase showdown huh. like immediately. I'm like, okay, he's going to get the boat and he's going to get the fucking car, you know? Huh. But uh, I go into his room and there's a big Daft Punk mural and that landed me uh, a job with Chuck's, Italian restaurant here in town. And uh, then that led to me doing some other jobs too. Um, some of them I can't talk about, but um but he's been begging me to want to do a large predator mural. And at the time, he was just got to seeing, like, Ghostbusters after life. So if you can grab your mind around living with a 10-year-old kid who doesn't really understand how, like, cool and awesome it is. I'm sure he does. I don't want to discredit, like, what he thinks. Yeah. That... Uh, he deals with all this VHS and he goes to school and talks about that with his friends like oh, yeah I got thirteen hundred VHS it's like what's this we shit, you know You gotta make your own collection, but like he he started he started his own collection. It's pretty cool Yeah, um, that's awesome, but he he's all about like going down there. He's all about be kind rewind um, He loved it so much that like years and years ago when I started the first time I started doing it was with thrill the hunt you know, sometimes I feel like I spend too much time away from the kids, and that's totally not true. Um, you know, me and my girlfriend—you know—we have ex-spouses, and we respectfully share custody. And there's absolutely no bad blood and hard feelings. And it—I it, I feel it's the best way it should be because it makes the kids—it makes it easier for the kids. You know, in the end, you—you got to give a shit about the kids. So I feel like I don't see the kids enough. So then I'm like, well, and I know that's not uh, uncommon, but people will just start drawing pictures of family within their stuff so i put little cal and cal has like this uh infamous cal lick. like you he ain't it's like dennis the menace bad like in the 90s where it just, it's just like st louis arch like and we used to give him shit about it but we don't anymore he's growing older you know and uh i put him inside my illustrations and stuff like that so i put him in the thrill to hunt one and he's like I sold another one, buddy. he's like, that's so cool and stuff. And he's like, yeah, that's me. And he tells his friends about it and whatever. Oh, that's nice. And then he's cool. there, There's another one that I did. And, uh, that was ended up being for a mom and pop video store documentary. That's uh, set to be out. I hmm. did want to mention that on here that with the VHS stuff, like there's a Facebook group that you can probably find me and a lot of the video VHS people call video vagrants. Um, it's the best facebook group out there uh it's just like um like a a thunderdome of trolls (laughs) um it's 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 good because you know we're very real we feel like brothers and sisters and uh, a lot of a lot of the people used to be old projectionists at theaters and used to run those gas station you know slash rental stores and stuff and on this uh, documentary, we got some names that I can't believe that we even got on there, such as, like, uh, Lloyd Kaufman, the guy who created Toxic Avenger. Like, and I'm just blown away. And, like, I did the cover art for this, and, uh, you know, there's people that got out, got prints and stuff. And that's just one piece of art that I did, you know, much like yours. And then I've got other pieces that yeah. end up in Indonesia and stuff. And I, I've, literally, I've literally lost count as to how dispersed things have been like there's pieces over in the uk right now that have yet to be released because of the pandemic and so client wasn't able to do stuff because of shows or whatever um but yeah it, it it's just a crazy thing like mm-hmm. it, it's everywhere i'm just really grateful that it's uh that i have the clients repeat clients the customers that i get um, and I'm able to do it because I know that at any given time it can just be done like a Thanos snap. It, it's literally just like that. I, I feel that doing hand drawn art, whether you do it on a tablet or whether you do it with a pencil on paper, it's. I think it's just going to start to lose its pulse at some point in time. And I've been implored more now than I ever been. It's like, dude, you got to start doing digital art, and I refuse to.
0: <laughs> oh, for real? You're like against that?
1: I I am I'm pretty fucking loyal to you know that's that's what I grew up with and that's how I'm gonna yeah. die. that's how I'm gonna die. It's that like, makes sense. I, it, it's I, I, that's just the way I learned. Like you're not gonna get the same effect and same organic feel and emotion that you would if you sprayed a whole wall. You know, there's this samurai that you can see down at the Ninth Street Viaduct. It's still there to this day that I. I banged out. I think it's like, I forget, like 12 feet tall. But it's, but it's all um, aerosol. It's all spray paint, you know. And it's a whole different feeling than something you can do on a, uh, an iPad or something like that. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, that type of shit's cool, but try banging out a 12-foot wall. <laughs> like, it, it's, huh. a, it's a whole different fucking feel, man. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's a very enlightening thing. It's a very humbling thing um i'm also a person that's not afraid to step up to a challenge i mean it's you got that's the only way you got you learn and i and i I crave to learn all the time if it's something i don't know i'm gonna probably want to know how to do it you know oh i don't know how to fix a vcr well today i'm gonna learn how to fucking fix a vcr you know and a lot of that type of stuff i learned because of youtube um you know it's a free college and I realized, yeah. like, I don't have to pay tuition for that. I don't have to get fucking financial aid from that. I can just learn it from a guy just like I would if I had to wear my little backpack and go to class and sit down and be like, yeah, Professor Smith. I can actually learn it from another guy, on Smith, who just showed me for free, you know. And I take that knowledge and then just apply it to whatever I'm doing and do it enough times and get good at it. And that's how I got a lot of the skills that I can do. So, you know, it's really just a matter of like how bad you want to do it, how often do you do it, and you're going to end up getting good at it over time. And I know we're well over like an hour. And oh and no, <laughs> we're fine. No, I'm fine. So,
0: um, I guess is there anything else you want to want to plug before we wrap up here?
1: No. I if there was like things that you wanted to bring up, I know that you asked about the VHS stuff. Um, yeah. That I had that as a kid. Lost a lot of it in a flood. Then it kind of uh. sparked up again when I met my girlfriend. Um, we were friends for a long time, and then we started dating. And I went over to her house for art jams, and I realized like she had Cheek and Chong's next movie and Forrest Gump and heavy metal on VH. I was like, holy shit. Man, this is really cool. And I only had like a certain amount of tapes in my possession myself. Yeah. So we mashed the two together. We started living together. and. Uh, Oh, my God, I wish I could pull up the photos, but, like, it got to the point where, you know, anybody who collects VHS, like, when you start to get up into the hundreds, if not the thousands, just moving the shit is a fucking headache, you know? oh Yeah. yeah and, you know, the thought of cleaning your shelves, is it doesn't exist. It's like, no, I'm not, no, only if I'm watching that movie is that thing on that shelf going to move. You know, I'm not going to pull those shelves off to dust that. Are you fucking crazy? That shit's fucking heavy. Like a whole box? Jesus Christ, like that shit's heavy. Um, so it started in our little apartment. Uh, we got in 20 tapes, and then it started to get into 100, and then people started to notice, like, wow he he like really gives a fuck about that and it's like yeah i don't watch netflix i don't do hulu i don't do you know i do youtube and that's really my only way of like online if Mm -hmm. anything streaming um i kind of lost interest with a lot of that stuff like right around like iron man because i realized like it, it became weird like when i was working in the factory and everybody was wondering dude did you watch Endgame this weekend it's like why is everybody talking about the same fucking thing? It's just like this orchestrated, this orchestrated like thing. And it's just like, and I think that that same thing is the same reason why people still tune into stupid famous celebrities and shit like that. It's like, because it's like what Howard Stern said. It's like, people just want to see what I say next. You know, it's the anticipation of the unknown, the call of the void, yada, 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 yada. Yeah. But, um, yeah we have like 1300 vhs i wanted to try to get that as accurate as possible but <laughs> like it uh we have last time count um That's but, insane but we but we have uh i have a shelf that i bought from video warehouse that i use um we have tons of family video stuff and uh there's movies that i still don't have that i'm always seeking but in today's like I've, video hair,
0: warehouse the on real hay yeah Oh, wow. Okay. Well, yeah, when, I-
1: when that place closed down and we got, it was just like a like low-key word of mouth. It's like, dude, they're selling fucking shelves. It's like, oh, shit. And I have some friends that have the real tall ones that used to lean up against the walls, not the island ones. I have one of the double-sided island ones. Oh. I have one guy. No, I correct myself. There's multiple dudes that live here in Des Moines with massive collections that have like those shelves and it just makes their whole basement look sick like it Damn. like my like my collection fuck that ain't shit compared to some people like they have stuff they never let go of from a kid my collection started when I st- stop drinking like i stopped spending money on booze then i started spending money on that that's how i was able to afford that but some people like they don't have kids and it's just like yeah i can go out and buy like chopping mall which is a 200 hundred dollar vhs tape me i'm like that's fucking groceries i can't do that
0: well yeah that's an insane level in itself yeah oh
1: yeah with the booming world of vhs like uh, the, the the throwback of retro It's just a screaming thing with merch, you know, Mountain Dew started doing it, Pepsi started doing it, Disney started doing it. You know, people realize, like, I I need that nostalgia. And once I started to figure out that formula, then I adhered it to my artwork. I'm like, people love that. People love the 80s, 90s shit. Anything that can still make them feel like a kid again. I mean, hell, dude, I was putting art on, like, my own handmade pods there for a while. Like, I I get crazy with it. Um, Tales from the Crypt stuff, uh, street sharks, uh, anything like that. People just absolutely eat it up. You know, if people can familiarize with your artwork and not, they don't have to sit there and, like, try to think about it. it. And I'm just saying it works for me. more they don't have to think about it and they can be like, oh, my God, I love that. My kid would love that. Oh, it's Mario on, on an AT-AT walker. You know, I've done that before. <laughs> yeah, it was, called, it was called Darth That's Mario. Funny. Like, yeah, I, don't have, I don't have the original anymore. Like, I did three different variations of that with Prince, and all of it sold. You know, and that type of stuff I don't have anymore. It's it just kind of like it's a thing. It's it's another star in my universe. It, it's there, but whatever. I don't even remember what it was. You know. <laughs> so hell yeah
0: yeah it's been a fucking pleasure man yeah Uh, i also want to say fucking thank you for uh the work that you did on the logo i think it really is uh brought a new it helped bring a new edge to the show that i've been looking for and uh the design is awesome like you 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 perfectly took what i had in my mind and you put it out and that's the good artist so
1: i've been i've been i've been really i don't want to say the word gifted um (laughs) But I want to say I have this nowadays natural ability into what my kids and my girlfriends say, you can take an impossible idea and make it a practical thing. And just like you, many people are like, man, I, I need this design, but I'm not really sure how like that would get applied onto paper and be able to get that whole message across. you know how do you how do you get something across that people are like, that's obviously a podcast logo. Or how do people know, okay, that's obviously a place that sells cotton candy. Or obviously that place is kind of like a really cool motorcycle shop. And all these places I'm naming off are clients that I have to this day. Yeah. You know? And then there's a guy that uh he's done T V commercials and sold millions of cars across the US that I did a mural for and, you know, he's a constant, consistent client of mine too. So it's just one of those things like I it always makes me really happy. When you guys are happy in the end, it you know that it, it doesn't happen often that I, I disappoint a client, and I really thrive on that consistent 100% communication, and I get that reciprocation in all my customers and clients too. That they said, "Man, you you work fast, but you're consistent." You don't leave us in the dust like everybody else. I'm like, who are these people? Why the fuck are they out there and why do they exist? I'm like, I, I can't believe you get treated like that. And there's people out there like, yeah, man, I gave him $300 and then he just ghosted me. It's like, it's
0: like, fuck. God, that would suck. Well, he, I, I can say from experience that this man does not do that. He's yeah. legit. So,
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm definitely a man of my words. So, like, I try to keep consistent and professional. So,
0: Oh, yeah. Raniel, it's been fucking pleasure, man. Love yeah, you. Man. Love the beard, by the way. Very fucking I, impressive. Well, I, I
1: I used to have this long, long hair, and then it Same, did, yeah. I started to look like Devin Townsend, of uh, strapping young lad, and he's got this crazy skullet thing. And then nowadays he like shaved it off, but it's like this. It turned into this res, this the recede that uh, they call at the house. They're like, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it just it looks really bad. You look like something from Big Trouble in Little China. It just like it doesn't make sense. So I ended up shaving my head and I uh, started growing the beard out. And this is like the umpteenth time I've done this. And, you know, I get asked all the time, well, how long are you going to grow that out? I'm like, I'm just going to just keep growing it. And just, Damn. You know, like, "Just That's respect,
0: man, for sure.
1: But I, but I cook, too. So then it's like one of those oh, things, like, yeah. eventually, like, I'm going to have to start tucking this thing into my shirt.
0: Or get the whole well fuck they have the mask man just fucking mask it
1: up i have some i have some friends that have some fucking beards and i'm like dude just stand at the stove from a distance i'm like get (laughs) the fuck out (laughs) of here that (laughs) shit i only (laughs) wish i had those long monkey arms I that's funny i don't
0: use your paintbrush and paint paint my alligator
1: clasp (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right
0: guys let's get out of here peace have a good one